Grow Great is a city government leadership podcast with Lisa Norris and me, Randy Cantrell. Each week we share insights, experiences, and wisdom to help you and your leadership grow great. Our website is growgreat.com. Trust is a huge part of leadership. Uh, it's If you don't have it on your team, it's really hard to build and takes a lot of time. It's kind of like changing a culture. Trust has so many components that you have to think about, okay, and it's unique for every team. You know, what? where does trust need to be built? Is it with me? So is it with, is it with a team member? Is it, I've got a new manager. Um, for me, the journey has been, I, you know, I, I was in HR as most of people that have been listening for any period of time have known. I, I shifted to the city manager's office into a managing director, um, kind of similar to an ACM type role. And so that shift, although I've known the people, I have four departments now reporting to me, HR, IT, airport, and general services, which is fleet and facilities. So while I know the people well, I didn't know the industry. And so when I talked to Cheryl about this, I said, Here, here's my path. Here's my goal. Cheryl being um, your boss. Cheryl being my uh, deputy city manager, number two, essentially. Um, and I told her my goal is to just build trust with the teammates, go out. And I told the directors the same thing. I said, I'm, I'm here. I, I just want you to know I've got your back. I'm going to learn about your business because I know you personally, but I need to learn about the business so I can best support you and your team. And then I've gotten out to the teams to meet their managers, um, to go tour their facilities, et cetera. So trust looks different to every leader, depending on where they are at in their journey and what the circumstances are in their teams. Um, Trust, uh, you know, what it might look like. Tasha's our new HR director, came from Mansfield and was with me before. It might look totally different to her in the HR department as a new director coming in. And what she might have to build. Um, Mark DeVita is our airport director. He has been there a long time. Trust may be perfect, but he's got a new team member. His, his longtime operations guy retired, and he has a new incoming member. So again, in each of your roles, where you're at in your uh, leadership and the teams before you, whether they've been there a long time, trust may be there. But trust is ever evolving, and it takes so many pieces. And I've also seen it can destruct quickly. You have a cancer in your organization uh, or cancer on your team. I can see that break down just as fast, uh, or it could be a hidden killer. You just do not know what is going on behind the scenes till it surfaces way later. I've seen all those happen. Um, But trust is something you have to look at it as, as a leader, because that's kind of step one to getting to have a high-performing team. They they need to trust you and your leadership and know you have their best interest at heart. What have you found some of the, your biggest challenges to that? Um, most importantly for me, it was just around understanding what is going on, um, listening to my people. Um, really, it just comes down to me asking questions about, what's going on in their world, what their issues and challenges are, and then providing guidance and hopefully sound guidance 
on approaches that they can take to help them through whatever the issues are. And this is whether this is, this is not just now, this is my lifelong leadership journey. It is always about understanding the issues in front of your team members and then supporting them um, through that with patience, with kindness. It's the outpour, how you approach it that is really critical because if they see, if they come to you with an issue and you're reactive, you're emotional, um, you jump to a conclusion or you tell them, this is what we're going to do or don't do that again, they're less likely to come to you. So trust is all in how you react to a challenge and how you react, especially in, a, I call it a crisis, um, that will build that trust and then consistency in your actions. Uh, you have to be the same you no matter the circumstance, and they have to see that strength and fortitude uh, and commitment as you move through it. Are you prone? Are you more prone to easily give trust? Or... Seems well, to me that you are. Yeah, my my approach is always I assume trust until you break it. I know that other people may be wired very differently. You know, they yeah, may be. I have faith. I'm not going to give humanity. it until you work like crazy to earn it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I try to give it when I don't know. I try to give it first, and then as it if it breaks, then then I kind of hone in. Okay, on what happened and why. But I'm also those that know me. I'm a genuine, straightforward soul. I'm going to tell you. I'm not going to say you broke trust. I'm just going to say, listen. This didn't go well. This was not in the path that I had hoped we were moving. How do you feel? This is how I feel. This has got to be repaired. And this is going to take time now. I mean, I, I, I they know, they'll know their position. I think that's an interesting point, though. You know, you giving it first. I would propose that if you're going to be a good or great leader, you've got to do that. If If you're not willing to give the trust first, good luck becoming a really good or great leader. And that's hard. I think that's harder for some than others um, to extend trust, even when it hasn't been earned. New team member comes on board, vetted them, been through multiple interviews, got a pretty good read on who they are, but you really don't know them. So they come on the job and you trust them. I would, I, I would propose that you try, that you do, That's that right. you that you demonstrate that leadership and you trust them right out of the gate. My argument would be, what's the downside to that? Yeah. And there is no downside. The downside is, OK, that trust is that trust could be broken. Trust could be broken no matter what, no matter what you do. The trust could still be broken. So to give them broken, broken after working with somebody for 20 years, that's exactly right. So to give them the best opportunity to succeed right out of the gate, you know, again, be the leader, be the first I have found, I, I would put one, I would insert one word into the, into the conversation here. And I'd be curious what, what your thoughts are. And that's vulnerability in my own leadership journey, my willingness to do two things. And they really dovetail to me into one big thing, and that is to extend trust first. Is my willingness to be vulnerable, my willingness to share enough insights, personal, professional, whatever, uh, 
uh, to show this person, to demonstrate to this person that I trust them. Which means we talk about safe spaces and psychological safety is a big buzzword, especially in the HR world, and, and rightfully so. And all it means is what I say won't be held against me. It's just the opposite of the Miranda rights that law enforcement reads. You know, everything you say, say and can and will be held. Yeah. You know, and (laughs) what if we operate in our workplaces to try to achieve high performing cultures in a different fashion where you're safe with me? I'm not going to browbeat you. I'm not going to beat you over the head with with everything that that you divulge or even the mistakes that you may make, because we all make them. None of us are going to be perfect. Um vulnerability well and don't mistake that what randy just said don't mistake that for um being weak or being um um not holding somebody accountable because you can still be vulnerable as a leader but hold them account if they come to you we talk about psychological safety and they tell you something and it's clearly wasn't the right approach or clearly wasn't the right action to take. You just don't have to, like you said, you don't have to beat them down. You just need to say, okay, how did that, what, what went well in that circumstance and what didn't go well. And you can get to agreement on your, yeah, I agree with you. That part didn't go well. How could we have done it differently? And then you can also coach in that same moment of that's what I'm looking for. Let's on the next instance that that occurs, let's try this different approach. See if that works better for us. And do you it's think, us, not do you think people do you think people misconstrue you think you think it's a widespread and it may be worth thinking about do you think there's a widespread notion that trust and vulnerability mean a softness mean a lack of accountability I don't know if it's a if it's widespread but I feel that sometimes um well I feel and I've seen I feel and I've seen sometimes that leaders want to gain the trust of the people. So they don't necessarily want to correct them. They listen and they're like, man, I just wouldn't have done it that way. And when I ask them, would well, you talk about that? And they're like, no, because I don't want to, I don't want to break them down. And they were really trying hard, but you have to, again, it's about serving them. We are not serving them well. If we are not addressing and helping them maybe see a, a different way, it, there's, a, you know, we've talked about it a million ways to skin a cat, as they say. It doesn't have to be your way, but you should still guide them in thought to ensure it's aligning with. We just did a previous uh, podcast when we talked about, you know, know the way, show the way, and go the way. If you're trying to show them, hold to the principles that you believe to be of high value in your culture, in your organization, and what you expect, and then teach that to them through their practices. And as they're coming to you, they obviously trust you. Talk about, talk about those things and then help them see, okay, what, what if we tried this? They're likely going to say, oh yeah, I can do that. Or I don't think that's going to work. And through that dialogue, it's going to help them navigate these better next time. Talking about executing things exceptionally well, if you just let it roll because you don't want to hurt their feelings and you want them to feel like it's a safe place to come, you're really not serving them as a leader. That's not a strong leader. You need to be able to willingly help them navigate those things well and show them an alternative way 
if that's not exactly how you wanted that to look. But you also have to recognize they're in the moment. It's hindsight's twenty twenty. It's sometimes hard to navigate that well in the moment, but you can encourage it. And through life experience, hopefully they become a better them tomorrow than they were today through you guiding their thought and helping show them what you what you expect from them so that they become better. So as you listen to these stories and, and, and a leader admits that somebody comes and they recount something that happened and the leader's thinking, well, I, I wouldn't have done that, but they don't say anything. And they don't say anything. Does where does that play in this conversation about trust? They they don't want to. They don't want to. They don't want to use that information that was just shared to correct the person. Is that what do you think is going on there? Well, if because to if, me that seems like that seems you, like that, that seems that, like it's that, not fully open trust. Yeah, but you, it seems like it's a it's a completely it's a completely appropriate. I would I would propose the wisest of times to insert something that could make a monumental difference for this person where they could see, Hmm, yeah, I didn't, I wasn't thinking about that. I, I didn't, I didn't see it that way. And so we sit there in silence thinking that that silence is going to cement the trust. I challenge that. Yeah. I've got a chart in front of me um, and it, it, it kind of has these components and it's really interesting because trust is in the middle and we, we can post it, but it's got a bunch of blocks that go around with these words and it never stops. It doesn't like start and go back and then point to the middle. Like, okay, you finished. Right. But one of the things we've talked about is in, in here, it talks about, and there's no particular order. You can start at any one of these components, but it talks about sincerity. So trust is in the middle and it has yeah. sincerity reliability. We've all probably seen this commitment, integrity, competence, and consistency. Consistency to me is key and sincerity. You have to listen to what they're saying. This is just great communication and trust period is listening to what your team member is bringing to you. They're bringing it to you for a reason. They're proud about what they did. Uh, It was a good interchange or they're coming to you because something didn't go as well as they had hoped and they're sharing it with you. Maybe hoping, okay, I, I need insight on how to handle this. Uh, a, a great example when we're talking about trust is you have a team member that comes to you and says, hey, I need to talk. There's a challenge. Do you have time? I have seen leaders say, really don't have time right now. Really don't have time. Can you come back? Bad move. Bad move. I, I share with my leaders, anytime you have somebody that comes to you and say, hey, do you have time? Make time. Now, the answer can be, can you give me five minutes? I need to shift something. I need, I've got a meeting. Let sure. me see if I can shift that so right. I have time. Because you've got to show value. They have just come to you. It's obviously urgent enough because this doesn't happen often. You don't have people dropping in no. every five minutes saying, can I talk to you? No, you seize those moments. Yes, you've got to seize them and make time. Um, so that that's step one. If they come to you and say, you need to talk, of course, let me close my door. Um, or if it's on teams, do you need me to get somewhere private? You know, those are the first things I always ask because if it's a problem that's a work related, like if it's a task related item, Mm -hmm. they don't say, do you have time? They'll say, Hey, I've got a question on civil service. Right. Do you have a couple minutes this afternoon? Well, you know, you know the severity of it when they say, (laughs) can we talk? Yeah. Yeah. Can we talk? I need your help. 
or something like that. Right. It's right. it's bigger. And they, they have taken the step to come to you to be vulnerable and trust you or they want to come in the first place. And now you need to take that time. That continues that consistency and that um, reliability towards on the chart. Yeah. Those have become evidence just by them asking. So then you need to listen. And like you said, serving them, you know, they come to you. I've got a problem. Here's, here's what happened. And I always say, well, what are you, what are you wanting to do? Because you need to understand what they're, and usually it, it, it typically for me has been a reactive because they're pissed about something. Um, somebody has hurt a team member's, you know, um, feelings. It's something usually on a team around people right. when they ask for help. That's in my experience. Yeah. But I was also in HR. So, you know, d- does that happen to the planning director? I don't know. But for me in HR, they're coming to help because they need you to help them through it. That's why they're asking in the first place. So I understand where do you want to go? Then what have you tried? What have you done? What's Where are we at right now? Um, so you understand where they have gotten to. And then we na- then I just start what we talk about in our leadership recipe all the time, Randy, is I'm curious. W- what's happened? What's the impact? What do you think should be done? Because you're, you're showing trust in them to de- establish what have you tried without judgment. Um, and then understanding, okay, this here's, I always give them options. Here's some options, you know, and my famous words are, cause they, they'll say, this is what I want to do. And I'm like, can you do that? Yes. Should you do it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those are the two p- questions sure. I always pose. Should you do that? And why or why not? And we kind of dialogue around that. And almost always I tell them to sleep on it. Let's sleep on it unless it's critical, unless somebody's going to get hurt, right, or is hurt. Um, obviously, you're going to handle those out of priority. But if you can sleep on it and think about things, usually that brings our mind back down to um, what was our, you know, it's all this know the way, show the way, go the way. Okay, what were you trying to do? And it, are you, it, does this align with that? Um, because that's what we've told them. So we need to make sure, does it align to build that trust? You have told them what you expect. Is this aligning? Are you demonstrating what you're preaching? Right. Um, are you walking the talk? And so, um, as we go through that, that, that consistency and application, they have to visibly see it. That's going to continue building trust. And now they're looking at me. They are, when they come to me for help, my reaction has to be consistent for all my team members, because they will end up talking. And the the only thing I can encourage in leadership, Rainy and I've talked about this a lot is being your, you know, being your genuine self. I always try to become better. I always try to improve upon things, but I have to lean into me and be the same me under stress. I have to recognize that, okay, that is not what I would have done, but I've got to have this same tone the entire time conversation under stress, under pressure, in good times, in when I've got 90 things I need to have done in the next hour, they need to not feel that. As we're building trust, I've got to be sincere and I've got to be reliable and I have to have a commitment to what I have expected from them and and they expect from their teams and help them reach that, that all of those components are what builds trust in those moments of need when they come to me for help. Yeah, and when you say that, I, that's Lisa's personality. And so 
there's all kinds of personalities that watch our show and listen to our show. And Lisa and I share a ton of things. Um, I would say mostly philosophically and mostly in our worldview. I think we are very aligned in those things, but personality wise, we're, we're different. We're alike in the sense that we're direct. Um, but, um, I'm perfectly happy and willing to, in some moments, uh, demonstrate probably way more animation than Lisa which doesn't come across in this podcast because it's, it's out of context and sometimes for effect, sometimes because people need to understand the severity of, of a decision that may have gone poorly or performance that wasn't up to par. So they understand the significance of it. So yeah, certainly depends on what was, what had occurred. Exactly. But all of this means is for you to be you because you, you hear us say that over and over, you got to lean into who you are and, and you, your personality. Otherwise you're going to have to come to work and you're going to have to put on a, a facade every single day. I, I think it's ineffective, not to mention it's exhausting. Um, the caveat I, to that though, the caveat to that is if there's areas like in crucial conversations that you have been encouraged to improve. Don't keep leaning into the, the same you. Does that make sense? If, if they're, if they said you need it, you need to tell them you need to do X, Y, and Z. And you keep just avoiding that. You need to be the improved version of yourself, but lean into your style, lean into yourself. Right. Well, and that's my, that's my point. You, because now that, now that you're at this position in the hierarchy, you're seeing things at, at, at another, at a higher level, right? You're a different personality than the person that you report to, right? The way that she would do things are not necessarily going to be the way that doesn't mean they don't get accomplished. I'm not That's saying right. that. I'm just saying that it, it can look, it can look different. I think right. sometimes leaders, especially aspiring leaders and young emerging leaders, think that there there is a way stylistically personality wise to do things and that if I don't have that personality that's really what I'm getting to I don't want people yeah. listening to us thinking I have to adapt my personality if I'm going to be a high performing leader then I've got to be the stoic ne no you don't if that's not mm -hmm. who you are that's not who you mm -hmm. need to be uh, I'm a very stoic person but I'm also super competitive and if performance goes poorly, when I have faith and confidence and trust, which is the topic, and we've kind of scattershot here, and I trust that you could do this because you've done this before. I've seen you do this before, and now you don't. I'm going to look very different than I look right now on camera. I promise mm -hmm. you I'm going to look different, and it's not going to be contrived. It's going to be because... I've got so much tr trust and faith that you could have you could have done a better job. You didn't do a good job. This was a crap job that you did. And yeah, might might that look like getting in your face a little bit? Probably. Now here's the rub with me. I also know that being in the doghouse, we got to let people we got to we got to let people up. We can pin people's sh shoulders to the mat, but we got to let them up. Mm -hmm. And better yet, we got to help them up because the last thing I need is some defeated person leaving my presence thinking, well, you know, I'm just a worthless piece of, no, 
That helps. Well, they're certainly not going to come back. No, it doesn't help any. That doesn't help anybody. Right. So I sidetracked the conversation. I probably shouldn't have. I just don't want people because I encounter this pretty regularly. People thinking that there's this one lane highway that you've got to either get on or get off. If you're going to be a good, effective leader, I've, I've got to be, I've got to be like, I got to be like Tony Robbins, right? I got to be this boisterous, flamboyant. No, you don't. Or I got to be like Lisa or I got to be like Randy. No, you don't. You don't. There's a million different ways stylistically, personality wise to do this. But at the heart of it all, to bring us back to center, trust and vulnerability have got to be in play. The person has got to trust that you've got their best interest at heart because you have to have demonstrated that you do. And, and you've you got have to, to keep do it with demonst- sincerity. That's yeah, right. you've got yeah. to keep demonstrating that you've got their best interest at heart. And even up to and including them being out the door. Does it mean they're going to see it? No. Doesn't mean that they're going to necessarily see it. Doesn't mean that they're going to agree with it. But it means that you've still got to do your dead level best, you know, to develop the trust. Because, well, here's the question. So when you lose trust in somebody on your team, how does that go? What happens? Well, that, that's the hard part because you, you've got to – the thing that stands out to me is you always need to remember you still have the entire team. You're often de- – you know, 90% of our time, 10% of our te- people. 90% of your time is spent on 10% of your people, 80-20, whatever your rule is. But you're spending a lot of time on a on a person that's challenging you than you are on the rest of the team. And I remember Randy saying, flip that. Don't lose sight of your high performers. They should be getting 90% of your time. Spend 10% of your time on the non-performer because your energy needs to shift. But when you have when when trust is broken, you have to focus on that one person and right the ship. I remember you talking, Randy, when I was going through challenges many years ago. You know, I felt like I was p- plugging the holes on the ship and somebody in the back was still digging. And 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 punching more holes. holes in it as quickly as they can, and I didn't have you know I was like the ship is still sinking, and I'm trying to plug these holes for the team to keep the team above water, but if you've got one that is destroying what you're trying to accomplish, you have to address that and move forward for the benefit of the team because otherwise the whole ship is sinking, including you. You're and all would, going down. And I would say for the benefit of the person poking holes because a person that that gets accustomed to poking holes and they're allowed to do that, that doesn't help them either. If they, no, if they, they go to 10 if more they, holes than you can see. Yeah. And if they go, if they get invited on board a new ship and they start poking holes, then they're going to suffer the same fate. Hopefully a new ship, they don't poke holes in that ship, but they're going to keep poking holes in yours. You yeah. know, the punchline for me is I've demonstrated trust I've put in the effort. I'm sincere about it. I trust them. They trust me. But something happens over time, whether through poor behavior, usually toxic, poor behavior, poor performance. Yeah, there's a shift or a turn. Yeah. And now trust is broken. I This is where it gets personal. And this is where I think every leader, you've got to decide how long you're willing to live with that. Me, not long. Yeah. Not long for two reasons. One, the collateral damage of those people who are boarding that ship, 
who don't want to sink, who are doing everything they can to keep it afloat. And we got a saboteur among them. My job, get the saboteur off the boat for their welfare as well as the welfare of the team. So I I view it as the only possible winning scenario to play. So I don't waste time with it. I waste no yeah, time. Yeah, the, the the challenge is always, you know, it, you just got these human human factors, and I and I agree, and I've I've learned a lot from you because um, my weakness is also my strength, which is I I invest a lot in people. I want their success. I want their success so badly. I'll give them many chances, and I put a lot of effort into bring, helping them become the best they can be. That is also my weakness because. I can say it for myself over my 26 years. There are times I let it go too long. And what I have learned in that um, over that same period is, is as much as I want them to succeed, it really comes down to their actions. And if you see it multiple times, if they're doing things multiple times that are just like, mm, golly, that. It didn't seem right. Or you hear staff dropping things or you watch the body language of your team and you're like, hmm, that there's something going on. It's usually the tip of the iceberg. The damage is already being done. And it, and it is the, the, what they are leaving in their wake. You have no idea until they're off the ship. And then well, what you realize you, know, you what look you behind know. you and see the destruction of the boats that you've hit, the holes that have been in the bottom of the boat you didn't know about. Well, what you know um, is plenty is bad always, already. Yeah. It is always worse. Always. I have never found an instance where I thought, you know, it's pretty minor, but we just need to get them moved or they leave. It always comes out of the woodwork of leaders going, well, I was told that da, 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 and I was following that guide. And you're like, oh, my gosh. You don't know because people have good hearts and they don't want to complain. At least we, I found that in our city. They 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 just deal with it. They tolerate right. it. They accept it as it is. Um, they work around it. They just don't. They're thinking, oh, that was just, you know, the policy didn't really say that. Maybe I'll get another opinion, but they don't want to. You know what I mean? Yeah. People's hearts are good and they just don't want to complain. But I'm telling you, when trust is broken and you start getting those hmm moments, it's probably far worse than you can envision. Yeah. Um, you're further down I, the road. Than you, you. You're further down the road at that point than you think you are. And that's, that's right. the problem. But I think what you suffered being a person with the kind of heart that you've got, I think that's more common than not. Don't you? I think it's common I for do. us to get fixated on, man, I just need to help this person. I need to, I need to persuade them. I need to, I need to convert them. I need to help them see this. What that does, unfortunately, is it blinds us to this array of other people that are the collateral damage. All of these people who are coming to work every day thinking, why are we putting up with this? And we we lose sight of them because we think they're good. I really need to fix this person. And you're not going to fix anybody. You know, they. Well, and I. I have in my experience. So here and here's the challenge for me. I have in my experience, you know. There's been a lot of different circumstances. I've seen great high performers take a turn for some reason, maybe a life circumstance, maybe a something just happens in their life. They made a horrible choice and they can't get out of their own way. I've seen that. 
I've seen people that have been influenced by others for a long period of time. And I've been able to uh, change perspective, gain their trust back over time by this. We talk about consistency and commitment being the same me. I don't change good circumstances, bad. And ultimately they, they see, okay, all these other people are come and gone that has say negative things, but this has been the same person. They start trusting that maybe it wasn't her, maybe it was them. Right. So mm-hmm. I have seen people come around much less. That is the much less outcome, uh, common outcome. Right. But I have seen it happen and it's through life that we, I think life has guided me that maybe I can change them. Maybe they were hurt in their past. Maybe an employer beat them down. Yeah, but a lot of that, I think, is understanding of the context. I mean, I've used the illustration. My very first kind of a challenge with that was a a young guy, and he found out his wife had been unfaithful. And he goes from being a top performer, high trust. I trust him, he trusts me, to all of a sudden, I still trust him, but I'm like, I'm not trusting what I'm seeing here. Performance just waned big Uh time. Pull him in the office, talk. He breaks down, tells me, okay, now I've got understanding. Now there's a context to, but that's not a trust issue because I trusted him. That's a life issue. Yeah, I mean, I don't love the performance. It's not helping him. It's not helping the company, but I get it. It makes sense. And we worked through it, and he came back. He rebounded. That's That's different to me than a person who, okay, well, that was through compassion, right? Yeah, I don't you trust them through it. the well, circumstance. I, under, I understood what was going right. on. That's right. different than a guy that suddenly just goes from caring to he doesn't care anymore. Now he's just he's just to the wind. I don't care. I'm I'm just here impacting I'm, the team. Yeah, impacting you know it, that was not the, them. So yeah. many times, though, I think we may I'm not saying I don't know how often it happens, but I would encourage anybody watching or listening to us: don't let this happen. Don't forfeit trust because you've connected dots that you're not sure. You just you think this is what's going on. Have the conversation. Find out. Get some knowledge. Seek some understanding so that you know what's going on. Once you're armed with knowing and understanding, okay, this person, they're toxic. They're not going to do it. They're not going to do what I need done the way I need it done by when I need it done. Game's over. Or the way in which you want it done. Yeah, the game's the game's over at that at that point once you understand. Just make sure we're going to do uh, – I keep threatening to do this, but we're going to fixate maybe on a few shows, evidence-based leadership, right? because it's so critical that we get it right. It's so critical that if – if we stop trusting somebody, well, think about yourself. It's one thing if you break trust. It's one thing if somebody loses trust in you and you've done nothing. And we've all had that happen in relationships where something went sour and we don't even know what happened. Right. We look at our lives and we're like, well, I didn't do anything. I didn't betray them. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't do anything to break this trust. But for some reason, they don't trust. And almost in every case, if we can get down to the nitty-gritty, we find out that they assumed something. They saw something. They looked they at it. They were told something. Yeah, they made a conclusion that was completely incorrect. As leaders, we can't afford to do that. We yeah. can't afford to get it wrong when we're dealing with people's careers and lives and our teams. And it's a bad way to run anyway. 
Uh, so don't do that. And you can't that. let time pass in those circumstances either. The more time that passes, I assure you, the more destruction is being done. And I can say that because in in my in my experience as a leader, um, back from, gosh, when did I start? Probably nineties, nineteen ninety when I graduated from college and started as a young supervisor, not having led before, um, you learn through life experiences in hindsight, hindsight's 2020 in looking back over those experiences in every case, when I had a gut feeling, I can't put my finger on it, but this is not looking good. I don't trust this person, what they just said, um, the team is making comments, just ran- like random comments. In every case, there was far more destruction in their wake than I realized. And then you're spending an enormous amount of time rebuilding your team and trust and getting things back to a culture you want. That's That's another year's work in front of you after you've dealt with the initial situation because so often we just don't want to hurt feelings. We don't want to, we don't want to lose their, um, you know, we're afraid, well, it's going to really upset them. If I have to talk to them about that, what if I, what if I made a mistake? Those are the common things that I work through over my time in HR, working with other departments and working with my own department because team members shift and change. It's an evolving, it's never just beautiful and perfect um, for any of us. For me, I'm sure me as a team member to somebody else, we had growth, you know, it, it just happens to everybody. It's part of leadership, um, but don't let it go long and address it and make sure again, in trust, there's consistency. You're reliable. You're committed to what your purpose, what your value and what you've communicated. And you're holding to that because besides the one you need to address, the entire team is watching and relying upon you to, to save the team. Thanks for watching and listening to Grow Great, a city government leadership podcast. For Lisa Norris, I'm Randy Cantrell. Be well, do good, grow great. The website is growgreat.com.